the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. The entire Bible every year. On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the Bible Live leaders. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live. The Apache Indian Scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. Well, I mean, no, well, it was the church bell. Oh, you know, we're church getting close bell. to Halloween. Okay, so. we're getting ready for Halloween. That's this is kind of a preview. Yeah, that perfectly, uh, perfect choice. <laughs> and the uh, the the wolf howling. Oh, well, I don't know. That'd be rather Indianish, right? Sounds kind of like. Apache imitating a wolf and uh, oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it. No, <laughs> I guess oh. I shouldn't like it. Though is that the point, huh? What's your well, What's your son going to be this year, or is he dressing oh, up? I don't know. We we don't. I must admit, John. I do not like Halloween. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I just, growing up, I never, I just, I didn't no, like it. No, we never like observed it. it, really. But I do appreciate uh, the, I mean, of course, in terms of dressing up and candy and kind of just a celebration of the fall. I mean, he all, what what I guess kid doesn't, I, we never did it, but Will always does want to, and... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he want what he wants. He wants to be um, Link. He wants to be Link. Zelda Link. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking the Mod Squad. I'm sorry. Oh, the Mod That's, Squad. Yeah. <laughs> I well, don't know. I don't know he I he either it, actually but... wants to be Link, or he just wants me to buy him like the Master Sword and all. He just yeah. wants a costume. But. Well, I have a a, a Bible study group. That meets on Sunday afternoon. I I just attend it. I don't hold or lead the study. It's a bunch of uh, thirty to forty year olds, uh-huh. young professionals, about twenty, uh-huh. fifteen, twenty of them, and boy, I have a ball listening to them talk through and wrestle with. The issues of our days, mm. they're, they, uh, they're obviously growing, mm-hmm. growing in the Lord, mm. in His Word, and they, they come through very difficult, uh, all of them have very difficult uh, 
backgrounds, mm-hmm. kind of problems where, uh, hmm. and they speak easily about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, some were involved in drugs, and and some were involved in other things. Mm-hmm. Were yeah. Little, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, we all yeah. terrible. And, and right. but the thing is, they share with one another with openness. But they also now have a devotion to God mm-hmm. and to Christ that's really beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And they're learning how to uh, grow, but then also how to relate their faith back to people who, uh, in the old lifestyle with mm-hmm. depression, mm-hmm. with problems of all kinds. Right. And it's just a wonder. It, it's just amazing to watch them grow. Uh, and they're having a, I thought they, they were having a, having a Halloween costume party tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you it was didn't. tonight. And you I went should, over, <laughs> I wore my patchy bus Well, I was, skins. that's funny because Will, so my son, so Will, it's my son, uh, was at your house. Uh, and when he came home, he said, I helped Grandpa get into his Apache Indian costume and i said oh well it's, it was really more of an outfit i don't know if it's a costume will yeah. but he he it, i guess was your costume it tonight my, my <laughs> bucks again and he helped me get my shoes on because i couldn't get my, my foot up high enough to get my shoe on he put them on for me so did but you anyway, pretend I, as if that was just how you regularly dress once you realized nobody else was yeah, in costume? I, I got over there, and they all, whoa, they all thought, oh, wow, look at that. And they want pictures and this and Aww. that and the other. But nobody else walked in and said, where's your costumes? And they said, that's next week. And <laughs> I, oh. Well, what are you going to do next week? You can be Link. <laughs> I've got a great master sword for you. <laughs> there you go. That's maybe solution yeah but um it's a great great group and i'm enjoying learning mm-hmm. if he uh, goes as link <laughs> pictures that's what cameras are for you yeah. know you take a picture it didn't yes it didn't yeah. happen unless it's uh, <laughs> taking a picture right well um maybe i'll go as a minor prophet Oh, wouldn't that be good? This idea? is a nice segue. Well done, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. An underage prophet. An under <laughs> an underage prophet. No, a prophet that's not very important. <laughs> minor. A minor, a minor prophet. prophet. No, we um, we have to set that straight because we are coming to the end of our readings for this year. Yes. This had been our 22nd year of going through the Bible. And we are coming down to the little books at the end of the Old Testament and the little books at the end of the New Testament. Now, we did the New Testament last week. What was it? James, Peter, John, Jude. All those small books mm -hmm. at the end. And Jude. Mm -hmm. And... um, by the way, yes. I used a passage of scripture from Jude today. Right. Can you believe that? I found a passage <laughs> from Jude. I can believe it. One of our, one of the, in my Bible study this morning on the base, uh, I was teaching a group of uh, about 120, 
trainees, airmen, and we, they were talking, they were talking about what God is doing uh, in us as believers. That, that we were talking about the idea of what it means to abide in Christ, what it means to uh, live by faith okay, in God. Yes, okay. And I was emphasizing the fact that when, and they were really engaged as well, sharing mm-hmm. the lights and so on, it's really beautiful to see. But it, I, I was talking about the fact that sometimes we take a, a point of view of the Christian life when we're young and we're trying to live the Christian life, we take a, a an immediate view of, right. of the Christian okay. life. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, we talk about what it's like to trust God. So we always talk in the, the first verse, immediate present tense. You've got to do this, you've got to do this, you got this attitude. Okay. But the fact is we're involved in a lifelong process mm-hmm. as believers. Mm-hmm. Now, justification, we've been cleansed and uh, delivered from the penalty of sin mm-hmm. already. That's over. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that is a finished work. Mm-hmm. But now we enter into sanctification, and that's a lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And we need to, when we're talking about that topic, we need to think more. I think it, it, it's better to think more and articulate more, articulate more uh, the Christian life more um in the sense, as a process, mm-hmm. as a an sure. ongoing process, yeah. not as a right. here's the answer right, right here that's done. Yeah. Because if you come up with an answer, and, and the the answer is always faith, mm-hmm. faith in God, faith in Jesus, what God has done, what God is doing for us, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. The answer always is faith, but. In, in sanctification, the question is not always the same because mm-hmm. you're always dealing with different issues. Mm-hmm. It might be friendships. It might be uh, honesty. It might be, uh, it could be any number of things that we're struggling with. Mm-hmm. And faith is the answer, yeah, but we got to imagine it and understand it in the context, both for ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. Realize that God's given you grace, you have to give grace to them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I I don't know where I'm going with this. Jude, Jude, <laughs> your verse in Jude. Huh? I think your verse in Jude. Oh, my your, verse in your Jude. Your Jude verse. <laughs> and, and yeah, Jude. listen to this verse. And when you think of what... What is the objective, what is the goal of the Christian life? Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's very complicated. Very, the character of Jesus Christ is being built into mm-hmm. each one of us. Right. 
Can you imagine? And that means individually, Soap mm-hmm. Dollar, Stacy, mm-hmm. uh, with all of our background, with all of our weaknesses, with all of our bad habits, with all of our our story, mm-hmm. what makes each of us individual people, God is engaged in molding and shaping us into mm-hmm. the per, the man of God, the woman of God that he created mm-hmm. us to be. Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong process, and, and he's in great doing. Now, I always love, well, while you, yeah, get your verse and while you say, I always love that, this is C.S. Lewis, but um, that really great point when he talks about us being living buildings, living temples. Uh, and of course, it's mm-hmm. the, the metaphor. We are a, a temple. He indwells us. But a lot of times when we first, of course, come to the Lord and when we start that you know, justification, it's done and we start that process of sanctification, we tend to think, okay, yes, I know I need some work for sure. You know, I, I know that the plumbing is, is broken. <laughs> I know this need. I know, I know I have a little anger issue or, oh, I know I have a little bit of a, this kind of a laziness or whatever. So sure. Come on in Jesus. Let's get that taken care of, you know, like a, come on in plumber. Let's fix the plumbing. Okay. And so he does, you know, he works in our life and those things he he works on and gets us new this or that. And then all of a sudden, bam, he knocks out a wall that we kind of liked. <laughs> and we yeah. thought, whoa, 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 wait a second. Whoa. That wasn't on the, I didn't say that needed to go away. And then bam, he hits another yes. wall. And then, you know, and then all, and we start to get real nervous and wait a second. Uh, I just wanted to be this nice little content cottage. And he says, no, you see, I am creating um, a, a beautiful, glorious mansion because I intend to live here. <laughs> yes. And uh, and it's just that sweet. He is building it's, and creating mm-hmm. because it's it's he's going to yeah. indwell. It's always huge. And mm-hmm. and I would tell you, young people, we need to think in that terms. Uh, understand that it's a process right, right. that we don't know yet even what we're yes, going to be. That's right. That God, but mm-hmm. he's always developing mm-hmm. it and so on. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I, we, I read this verse. I don't know if I shared it or I just thought of it. Listen to this. Now all glory to God who is able to keep you from falling away and will bring you with great joy into its glorious presence mm-hmm. without a single fault. Mm-hmm. All glory to him who alone is God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord. All glory, majesty, power, and authority are his before all time and in the present and beyond, uh, beyond all time as well. Amen. Amen. Powerful verse. Yes, that's often used uh, mm. as our benediction. uh, That's one of our benediction verses at church. It is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I think I've heard it put to music at least sometime, some parts of it. But it's a glorious verse. Well, let's get down to what we're doing for this past week. We had 
started the small books at the end of the Old Testament after Ezekiel and Daniel. Mm -hmm. Then we get into what are called the minor prophets. Uh, Sage, why don't you take it a little bit and kind of... Okay. Prepare the journey for us. <laughs> okay. We're also finishing up our worship uh, scripture as well. So finishing up the book of Psalms and Proverbs. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so Psalms, it was chapters 129 through 135 this week. And then we completed Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, and Micah. Uh, oh, sorry. We did not read all through Micah. We, uh, in fact, we'll, we probably won't. We'll save that maybe until next week because it was only a couple of verses in Micah. But uh, yes, they are not called minor because they are less important. They're just smaller. In fact, Obadiah is the shortest book in the Old, Old Testament. Testament yeah. uh, and I wonder least, if it's short, shorter than Jude. Oh, interesting. Um, um, in the whole, surely it would have said in the whole Bible yeah, if it was. I and so imagine it's just the Old Testament. Uh, Obadiah, though, as just a little nugget, was not uh, Jewish. He was an Edomite. He was uh, so that was the descendants of uh, Esau. So Jacob's brother, you know, Esau, his descendants were Edomites and Obadiah was from Edom and his writing is to the Edomites. And so uh, one thing that is very helpful also while we're talking these minor prophets, I really enjoy trying to piece together. <laughs> it is complicated. I mean, I mean this is the time period uh, we're about to get into. These are the post-exilic uh, prophets. These are all, so this is after, right? Oh, wait, no, 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 no. I'm so sorry. That is, the, the I am wrong. <laughs> That's right. The, um, so, so the last, no, are we, are we even, even in the last three are, let's see, Obadiah, Jonah, and Micah? No. No. Jonah. Zephaniah, Haggai, yes, Malachi. That's right. Zephaniah, Haggai, Malachi are our post-exilic. So right now we have gone, (laughs) and this is where it's a little tricky because it's not uh, the timeline. It is not um, linear. It is not. So we have. It uh, had been in the way up till now. We've got to Jeremiah. Isaiah, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel. It had led up to the destruction of the temple and the rebuilding Mm -hmm. some way of the temple. Now Now with the minor prophets, we go back. Yes. And it's helpful to understand each prophet, understand the setting in which they uh, preach. Uh, Each one of them. And so you, that's where that little old diagram that we've been telling folks about, uh, our, the diagram which shows yes. the prophets, the kings of Israel and of Judah, uh, Judah and the prophets on a timeline. Yes. And you can see every prophet when he was exercising his ministry, whether it's for Israel or Judah, and, and the the king that was reigning and ruling 
in Israel or Judah wow. at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a really helpful It is helpful, graph. yes. Because and it's on our yes. website, thebiblelie.com. Yes. And so now we've got to back up now and find out where uh, Obadiah, Joel, Hosea, mm-hmm. Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, when did they exercise their ministry mm-hmm. in the timeline? Mm-hmm. And that, that will be a yes. great help to us. That is what I was meant to say, no. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> you were saying it super well. I was Very not. Well. Thank you for the rescue. Um, but we are, yes, so we started, at, well, our reading with Hosea. So we only have about, oh, three or four minutes now before our first break. Um, so well, we will what come will you back. say about Hosea. what is memorable about the prophet Hosea? Okay. Well, I love, I will say, uh, what his name means. Does anybody know? Let's make that a question. Okay. What What does does the name Hosea mean? mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I I think I particularly like that, the overarching. I think what we know Hosea for is his marriage to Gomar. I don't know if we necessarily knew his name was Gomar. Uh, her name, I'm sorry, was Gomar. But um, I, she's, I guess, most famous for being unfaithful. And so Hosea was called to go into this marriage knowing that she would be unfaithful to him. And he was to remain faithful, to actively pursue and to be there and to love her Um through the unfaithfulness. That's and complicated. That is complicated. That's complicated. Yes. And it's the hard idea to, of God yes, calling a person right. to do that. Right. It is. Um, and even, and then trying to kind of imagine that, well, anyway, I, I must say, <laughs> Francine Rivers, I guess I bring the book up uh, because this last year it was made into a movie and it's called Redeeming Love. And it is, of course, loosely, but it's based on the idea of Hosea. I mean, it's based on the book of Hosea, but her kind of creative imaginings of what that might look, have looked like and, of course, modernized, well, uh, compared to biblical times, <laughs> modern yeah. but not current. Um, and it's, it is, uh, yeah, I, I guess I never quite, I didn't think of it necessarily as that big of a deal. Okay, you're married, she's unfaithful. I don't know why that didn't seem to, the pain of that. I mean, I guess I understood it in theory, but uh, she actually did do a very good job. And the movie, I thought, actually did a pretty good job of really drawing out God's patience with us through the illustration of a husband who is patient and there and loving. And that was a Francine It was Francine River Rivers, book? Mm-hmm. a book and then movie. I have not read the book. And now what was it called? Redeeming Love. Redeeming Love. Well, yes. that is a perfect it's title. It's a great title, yeah. For uh this particular prophet in his message, yes, I think, because central to the book of Hosea is is that experience. Yeah. In the first place, how did they ever come to the point where God 
impresses this prophet, this preacher, to take up with romantically and, and otherwise and marry a person with that lifestyle. But I love that it's marriage in terms of, I mean, he's asking for a, of, for a promise. I mean, he's, he needs a, uh, and he doesn't use a business interaction. He doesn't use a friendship. He doesn't use any other kind of examples. He, he uses the covenant of marriage uh, to uh, show this illustration. And that says something. He didn't, he didn't tell the Hosea to ask her if she wanted to go steady with <laughs> Right. <laughs> yes, what's the dating? Well, that is our music and uh, our first break. We'll come back and talk about Hosea and a few more minor prophets on the Bible Life. Talking through the Minor Prophets, the beginning of the Minor Prophets. We're in Hosea right now. Uh, we had one question out there before the break, but I didn't even give the phone number, so I'm really sorry. But uh, the phone number is 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585. Would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I think, uh, well, Hosea, I mean, when the book of Hosea comes up, the first thing I think is marriage, metaphor, unfaithfulness, prostitution, idol, idolatry. 
Those are the themes that I think. And uh, the question, though, was what does the name Hosea mean? So if you have any thoughts on marriage or why God called Hosea to do this, what could he have been saying? I mean, it is Hosea is pretty clear. I mean, he he's he what could God be saying? I mean, he's clearly making the connection between the covenant of marriage and Hosea being called to marry a prostitute and his covenant with us and that we are the prostitute. We are the unfaithful ones. And he is the faithful, patient, loving, kind, committed, forgiving uh, groom. He is the bridegroom. And uh, so that's, you know, that's what God is saying. But uh, maybe more specifically, what is that saying? And what does that mean to you, perhaps specifically, if you're willing to share? And then if you know what the name Hosea means, um, 210-340-9585. Let's ask one more question, just because we're going to answer that other question pretty soon here. <laughs> so real quick, um, Israel's return to God begins with asking God to do what? Israel's, and there's a clue in the question, uh, return to God. Israel's return to God begins with asking God to do what? And that is in chapter 14, verse 2. But uh, Dad, let's see, in the break, into the break, we were just discussing the unique, not, uh, but, well, yes, the unique thing about marriage, yeah. the uniqueness is, is that it's a covenant like none other. It is a promise like none other. Uh, you can make sort of, you, or it's a relate. you know what, I'm going to say it's a relationship like none other. Um, you have a business relationship. You, you have friendships. not commercial. It is not a consumer. Consumer. Most relationships, you know, at, at the well, you you can if you have a real. Uh, Tim Keller makes this uh, point, and he says you can have a, a relationship with your grocer, right? And uh, both parties of that relationship tend to know that it's based on performance. Uh, you know, no shoes, no shoes, no shoes, no shirt, no service is kind yeah. of the grocer's uh, expectation on the customer. And the customer has an expectation of good produce at a good price. And if I find produce somewhere else that's equally good and less expensive, I'll go to that grocer. And there's a, and we're kind of used to that. I mean, that's a pretty an intimidating relationship in terms of, you know, friendships might be a little bit more attached. Um, but most of our, even friendships, are, um, yeah. you, it's not a lifelong commitment, regardless of how good of a friend you are necessarily. It's not a lifelong commitment, regardless of how good of a grocer you are, customer you are. Um, marriage is not consumer. Uh, you can absolutely, you could get nothing out of the marriage. They might for, for, you know, years in a marriage, maybe they, you, you, you're getting really expensive groceries <laughs> for, uh, I don't, I don't know, that aren't that quality <laughs> and, but you can't leave, you can't go find another. Um, and, and I've known people, your mom and I have known a men in particular. Okay. Who 
Well, I guess women too, but who have stayed in a relationship where the spouse mm-hmm. uh, became ill, mm-hmm. incapacitated, yes. Right. Yes. was unfaithful. Right. Well, yeah. But they have That's right. stayed yeah. because of they because they of that see very, it and mm-hmm. understood right. that it's, it's a commitment yes. till death do us part, right. as you mentioned earlier. Right. And it is for and it is that for a reason. I mean, it is the only way in which you really can develop a love that you've never experienced or a depth of love that you've never been able to reach in in, in any other kind of relationship. Um, it's similar to, and this is where, um, I don't, I, this is something I heard as well, but this is why, you know, I mean, you have a child and like you have a baby and you love that baby, but it's not a feeling, it's an action. And for the first year of, you know, that baby's life, you get nothing. <laughs> it is not a, <laughs> you get, maybe you get a smile <laughs> and, and, and it's like everything because that's it. But I mean, you give and you give and you serve and you keep them alive and you feed and you, you love, you're loving that you baby. You them, we protect yes, them. You, you do everything, but they're, it is not a Consumer, that is not consumer, but you don't get anything, um, and and that is in terms of, of I mean, if our mar- in our marriage, that's the same. It's not a feeling; it is an action. Whether or not you're getting anything from that person in this, you know, in that ma- moment, um, you're called to love because what ends. And so, this is something that's cu- interesting when marriages put the children. Um, and prioritize in terms, and it's easy to sometimes do because you have given and you've loved them so much at how you are truly supposed to in terms of sacrificially and serving that a lot of times once the children are past the stage of needing you or they're empty nesters, then the two, the husband and the wife end up you know, they have to, of course, like, oh, look at each other again in life. <laughs> and they end up, you know, they know what it's like to love their children, but they've forgotten what it's like to love their spouse. Because here, all these years, they have poured in and loved properly. I mean, good. It's okay. Mm-hmm. They're chil- children. But that's the way that we are called to, also, to, to love our spouse. And if we... Uh, you know, if we neglect that, then we could at some point, you know, come to realize, oh, I, I haven't mm. built that muscle. I haven't loved in that way like I was supposed to. Um, that was and just a little. The relationship that Hosea yes. is uh, commanded by right. God. And my question was, well, I wonder if they have a prior relationship. Uh, did they know each other in did some God way? Did yeah. God to marry her because uh, they had become friends and he had been counseling her and they became close? I kind of doubt it. <laughs> in other words, was it one of the back story. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, when the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, 
go and marry a prostitute. He didn't say which one at this point. Oh. He said, uh-huh. so some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel mm. had to act like toward me. Mm-hmm. And so it looked like he he was God was just commanding Hosea to enter into this the type of relationship mm-hmm. you were talking about mm-hmm. as a visual lesson for the nation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a preaching lesson. It was a life lesson. Yeah. This is, is the way you've been. Mm-hmm. And boy, that's a, that seems like a pretty tough sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, for a prophet of God, I want you to do this. Mm-hmm. And he not only married her, he loved her. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he wanted the best for her. He was patient, he was kind, he was loving. And when she returned to the terrible lifestyle she was involved in, he purchased her freedom. Redeemed her. Redeemed her, mm-hmm. paid the price, and set her free, mm-hmm. and buy her back. Mm-hmm. And it just, the commitment yeah. level, the love level is so big. But the point is that. Yeah. That is a picture of God's love mm-hmm. for us sometimes right. as his re- rebellious mm-hmm. children or a rebellious wife right. to the husband. Uh, that It's such yeah. a powerful vision that almost you don't need any more words in the whole book, right. just that story itself. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's what is... Well, I let's. T- um, what does the name Hosea mean? Well, it means salvation. Salvation, and I just I, salvation that uh, that is the picture of being saved, and I'm in a very real way. Not not just physically, although yes, also physically. I mean, what an incredibly dangerous lifestyle. Physically, that is that Gomar, who was the prostitute. I mean, Gomar was, you know, you put yourself in, in where you're, I mean, you're a prostitute. That's dangerous, dangerous physically um, for, you know, for a woman. And uh, yeah, I mean, especially, yes. And that, but, but not just the, um, physical danger but and and not just being saved then from that saved from starving from shame from um not having uh care and being tended to if you get pregnant i mean in terms of your pregnancy and your delivery i mean if a prostitute gomar gets pregnant and a prostitute who's gonna take care of her who's going to help her through the pregnancy i mean it's just dangerous and uh, so, he, so salvation in a in a very real physical way, but imagine just the mental uh, your your state of mind and just how broken a person must be, how hurt, how traumatized, how you know. I, um, and I thought that the movie, the film, 
kind of brought that out very sweet, sweetly. You know, we don't know why she's a prostitute. There could have been all sorts of childhood trauma. There could have been all sorts of who, you know, what she saw or who. And crisis. She, right. She, uh, uh, her, her family may have died, and yes. she was thrown into this lifestyle to survive. To su- right. Something like that, perhaps. Right. We don't know. We don't know. But all of those things, they, they, they scar us, the lies, the fears, the things that, you know, I think of that Lemise, you know, Jean Valjean, uh, I'll be a new man with just a good night's rest. And then he goes to sleep. And in the film, it has all of the memories of the beatings and of the things that happened when he was in prison. And he wakes up in a fright, you know, nightmare and just the sweat and the fear of he goes back what, to, and he to goes back to being, he couldn't even make it through one night mm-hmm. <laughs> without you know, having promised that he was going to be a new person. He couldn't even make it through one night of being a new person um, because of those fears and the lies and the things that we believe. And Hosea, so it's salvation physically, but salvation, which uh, patience and the time of just the faithfulness and the gentleness and the kindness and the, I mean, which is love. I mean, of, of Hosea's truly I mean loving her and how that saved her from her own you know demons mm-hmm. from those and in the, the book of Hosea the uh, the Israelites were the unfaithful oh, yes. wife right yeah Th- that's who they were yes. in this story in the yes. illustration mm-hmm. That's who they were. And I wonder if we ever come to view ourselves Mm -hmm. like that. Do we ever come to see, uh, I'm so prone to wander. Remember Mm -hmm. the the, the hymn that talked about us as God's children or as sheep. You know, we're we're prone to wander. We, We easily run way we easily get distracted from God um, and and I wonder if we can identify because she was a picture of God people mm-hmm. you're mm-hmm. like it you've you've committed spiritual adultery mm-hmm. and left off worshiping me, loving mm-hmm. me, growing with me, relating to me mm-hmm. could that be? Uh, any clearer mm-hmm. that that might be we need to guard our hearts I suppose the takeaway from the book of Hosea for us what would you say what is the takeaway what do we yeah. learn from it something to apply to our lives right well I I mean I, I think um it's not from the book of Hosea, but uh, wh- where is it the return to me, your your first love, to return to the yeah. God of your salvation, to return? I you get. Do you think that that relevant this story to American Christians, people in our country to who American call themselves consider themselves to be Christians? And that maybe we're 
being unfaithful at some level in some way? I think it, it I don't know that I necessarily see it as to as American well, let's see, more than perhaps Christians in other countries, just uh yeah, yes, perhaps. Perhaps because we have so many distractions and so many in your face opportunities for idolatry and just a lot of temptation and we aren't necessarily bulwarked with scripture to fight <laughs> temptation mm-hmm. very maybe in particularly yes Americans um it might be a little in a way a little easier for a Christian and um mm. and the I, I the irony you know of course I hate to say it's easier when, of course, they're experiencing persecution and truly just martyrdom and real. But um, but in a way, it's the the idea that God is truly your savior is much more in your face, perhaps, than in another country because they they see how much they need salvation, how much they need saving. And sometimes we don't appreciate how much we need God. Uh Perhaps, um, at least physically uh, saving. Uh, Here, though, you know, there is, boy, there are a lot of mental health and just the the mind and um, people struggling with depression and just the reality that those other idols cannot help us and save us and how that... um, hurts and and then of course the, you know the divorce rate is so yes. just very um that that hurt and the pain from something like that and that missing the the kind of the romance of and how of of what marriage is supposed to be in that love uh in that way, I think Americans are uniquely yeah. ready for this message and yeah. um might be a message that we need to hear and that mm-hmm. uh, we need to turn to our first love. As right. you said. Yes. Well, let's go on to Joel just before our break. Uh, Joel is the next minor prophet, and he prophesies uh, during, um, I think, a chief enemy of J- during Joel's time was... Um, well, it was during the time of Jehu, okay. when Jehu yes. uh, canceled out uh, Ahab and Jezebel, there was a lot of upheaval in the in the in the land, and Joel uh, is prophesying at this time in Judah. In in Judah, and he Joel's uniqueness, he had a unique. Um, let me see. No, I'm thinking of someone else, I believe. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> he has a unique beginning to his uh, book. And it's really very interesting. Uh, he begins his book by describing uh, the land being covered with something. And one is the listener who remembers what was covering the land in the times of Joel the prophet. And it becomes the 
the primary message mm. from Joel's book, mm-hmm. just his marriage and unfaithfulness was the message in, in Hosea. This has, uh, this is a central message of the book of Joel. What was covering the land during his time? And we'll let folks answer that. And then I'm going to ask another question. What was Amos, uh, what did Amos Amos do for a living? He's the next prophet we studied, but he had an unusual job as well. He was not a Levite. He was not a preacher or prophet by uh, his job. Professionally, he was something else. And who can tell us what was Amos' profession before he began to be a prophet of God? Mm-hmm. So we got two good questions out there, I think. I like Hopefully it. they can. <laughs> Someone will give us a call if we give them the phone number. There you go. Maybe That's my cue, 210-340-9585. Two one zero three four zero nine five eight five, and I real quickly do want to. I, we're wrapping up our second segment. We'll get the music here in a moment, and um, we'll come back to Joel Amos Obadiah, and get those questions. Hosea, the Israel's return to God begins with asking God to do what. I'll go ahead and answer that one because, and it's forgive, forgive us, Lord, forgive us, God, forgive all our sins. And how important, boy, is that in marriage, asking for forgiveness? Oh, and <laughs> so forgiveness, that was, mm-hmm. it's a lubricating oil oh. of every human relationship. And it demands the thing Getting and receiving. Yes, forgiveness. And uh, if you are struggling, someone said this, if you're struggling with depression, feeling just really depressed, to repent, to find, we all, we all have, but to search your heart, find the thing that, um, find something that is struggling with and ask for forgiveness. It forces you to just look outside and um, to focus on him. That's our music. We will come back to some question and answers. Enjoy this. This is the Bible Live. I was searching for true purpose late one night when my eyes beheld a glorious sight. My fleshful desires begin to rise when suddenly, to my surprise, Christ did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Satan lost in a flash. When Christ resurrected back from my laboratory. Where I rapped over beats To my master bedroom Where my restless soul weeps The spirits who attend me In my humble abode But when Christ came They all stood in thrones Christ did a monster match It was a graveyard smash 
Christ resurrected back. The demons were having fun. The parties were just begun. The guests included Satan. And it's a baptized. Uh, a baptized. Yeah. It reminds it's me. It's almost like something we, we, you would do. A converted Christmas song. A converted Halloween tune. Yeah. Well, we are back, and we've got a long way to go real quickly now to cover these books that we read this last week. So we read Hosea. We talked about Joel. Now we come to Amos, Obadiah, and Jonah. So, Stacy, go for it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Joel, uh, I will uh, say, I mean, I guess just real quick or, or off the, should we answer those questions? You had put the question out there. I think I have. About the, uh, the what was covering the what land and the opening. Right from the very first verse of the of the, mm-hmm. of the book, it, we begin this book by describing the land being covered and the crop being eaten mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by locusts. By locusts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, th- and that was, I mean, we, we are tempted to laugh a little, but that, uh, that this would... Uh, Terrible thing to happen to the land. Yeah. All the crop to rain, economy, no food. Yeah. No, it's a terrible problem. And, and Joel is about uh, judgment. Mm-hmm. The the Lord judges, mm-hmm. and uh, the day of the Lord. Is, right, is that's a what I theme. Right, that is probably what I think of most when I think of the Book of Joel. Is that the day, is the day of the Lord. Um, and then uh, I love it. you. You mentioned this in the questions, but Peter quoting Joel. Yeah. Uh, that was that I, I think of that when he preached uh, at Pentecost. Yes, Joel mentions this. Uh, Peter mentions this from the book of Joel, mm-hmm. and that God would pour out His Spirit mm-hmm. on all flesh. Right. Then after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And so Peter quotes that in Acts as a really fulfillment of what was happening, that the Holy yeah. Spirit was being poured out on the people. Uh, which is very exciting. <laughs> and uh, and then I did not realize that this term that you have used um, often, I know, in just different uh, speakings, mm-hmm. that term Valley of Decision yeah. is from the book of Joel. Uh, right. That is in Joel 3, 2, and in uh, chapter 3, verse 12, says God will judge enemy nations of Israel that are in a valley of decision. Uh, it's a it's a specific valley, <laughs> in uh, this that case, gives a, that uh, emphasizes that truth about God, but judgment right before God lets judgment fall right on individuals yes. or on countries, people. Yes, He always warns them. Right, there's always a warning. Yes, sometimes. Many years of warning. God yes. is patient. Slow to anger. 
Mm-hmm. He's warning yes. before it's not judgment. His will that any should perish. Yeah. He wants everyone to come to him. That, that's uh, right. Yes. I love, I also think it's the name of that valley is Great Jehoshaphat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. Je, it's Jehoshaphat is the name of that valley, which uh, is called the Valley of Decision. The Lord judges. The Lord, Lord and that Jehoshaphat means, yes, the Lord judges. But uh, should we go ahead? We also need to cover uh, Jonah yeah. in this segment. So we're going so to move on to Amos. What was his profession? Okay. Was he a professional I'll, wrestler? I'll this. Was he uh, <laughs> a pipe fitter? Or was he a building contractor? <laughs> He was a farmer. A farmer, that's right. So, which is kind of a theme here, uh, and that's probably I mean, that does give a little bit of an insight into the type of the the people of this time and in this time period, um, crops and farming, and a lot of yeah. metaphors that Hosea used even were farming metaphors and, and, and examples. And, and so, Amos has that farmers. Uh, Vernacular? Yeah. (laughs) You know how farmers characteristic, a characteristic, I'm sorry, that's hard to say, of of farmers is that they're plain spoken. Right. They say what, they just say the facts. Yes. Very clearly, Mm -hmm. not highly polished, and they just say things the way they really are. Well, that seems to be Amos' uh, characteristic or personality as well. Especially when he calls the wicked women of Israel yeah. fat cows of Samaria. The fat, fat, fat cows, cows of Samaria. Samaria. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he talked about uh, baskets of fruit. Mm-hmm. He talked about um, mm-hmm. you know, animals that he raised and so on. So it's a good, good message. What would you say primarily is the theme that Amos follows? Oh, let's see. Um, I mean, I as far it is. It's interesting that he is a farmer because so many of the. Well, the, I guess you're, the opportunities for repentance uh, come through, in a way, their suffering and using their mm. suffering and as a means of disciplining them, yeah. giving them opportunity to say this. If you are looking to this for salvation, it will fail you. If you are looking to this for salvation, it will fail you. So time and again, locusts, drought, hunger, famine, diseases, war, destruction, all of these, the, calling them he's, to repent. Yes, come to me. I am your salvation, and uh, I guess that's yes. In, in Amos himself, calling them the, to repent. God said that He's going to subject right. Israel to a different kind oh, of famine. Yes, and this really touches my heart. Uh-huh. It's a famine, not of bread, not of water. But of hearing the words of the Lord. Yeah. Wow. That, when that, I even contemplate yes. that, what would we do without yeah. God's word? It without reminds, yeah. The message of hope, right. uh, of, of uh, 
encouragement that we need. Right. Uh, it's kind of have yeah. that kind of uh, famine. It gives that same sort of sense as when God tells Jeremiah to stop praying for them. Yeah. To st- it's kind of that. Oh, that's that's. That's when you know it. Repent now. <laughs> that warning would get my attention quickly. Right, right. Well, let's go to Obadiah so we can get to Jonah. Oh, Jonah. Oh, <laughs> real quickly. Oh, uh, real quickly. Amos and uh, let's see who is his contemporary. So uh, it would have been Amos and Ho- not quite Hosea. Amos, though, was prophesying in Israel, just for the, so not in Judah, but in the Mm -hmm. 10 tribes. So giving the 10 tribes opportunity. And so this is right, we're coming right up against when Assyria is going to destroy those 10 tribes. They do not ultimately, they do not repent. So Amos, and uh, that was not a, it was not. A successful call, I guess. In a way, and they they don't. Assyria destroys the ten tribes, and they never return. Also, this is a little off the road, but Amos was from Tekoa, the town of a little mm. town of Tekoa. There is a settlement in Israel currently, also called Tekoa. I don't it's, know if they're the same. same. I don't know if it's miles, the same. Ten miles. Well, everything I see Jerusalem. is kilometers, and, so, and I'm not oh. fast enough with that to figure yeah. it out. But um, I, Tacoa, Tacoa was ringing a bell for me. And if you're like me and have watched Band of Brothers, that is yes, the name of Easy Company, but it is spelled differently, so it's okay. not the same Tacoa. Just in case you were right. interested. In case. <laughs> well, no, it's Obadiah. Going to Obadiah. One of the writers, one of the prophets in the Old Testament, who was not a Jew. Yes, correct. And Edomite. uh, I think Habakkuk was the other. Okay. If I remember correctly. Okay. What what, uh, Jacob taught me long ago about that. I think Obadiah, uh, and he was from Edom. They were the... The people descended from Esau mm-hmm. uh, down the southern south of Judah. And um, it's the shortest book in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And he's really preaching to Edom. He's telling them, you are going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. For, for you have a long history of harassing God's people. Mm, mm-hmm. And this makes me uh, a, a principle here. The, remember when God told uh, uh, Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not just about Israel, the nation. Right. I want. I think I'm accurate in saying this. It was about them because they were God's people at the time they were committed to God. But the broader meaning is I will bless those who bless God's people. Mm -hmm. So even today, Mm -hmm. there are nations who, who, who threaten and persecute believers, God's people. Mm-hmm. And I believe that promise extends 
to Christians, God's people today in different lands around the world, that God will bring judgment to those who mistreat God's people. Right. Well, and that's, that is, I mean, the old, I mean, that is, um, (laughs) that is the thing that if you're a Christian should, I think, drop you to your knees in complete, just gratitude and humility. And because we deserve, I mean, we deserve it. We deserve judgment too, but he, we are, we are. Thank the Lord that he has paid that and that we receive that and we call on him and call on his name and beyond all hope and belief, we can be called holy and righteous Uh, at the same time, too. That is, you know, that's what we looked at. I think of C.S. Lewis's, you know, the great divorce. And you mentioned earlier, justification, we're saved from the, we fall to our knees, we're saved from the penalty of sin. Uh, and that is present and happened, that has happened, it's done. We are saved from the penalty of sin. Sanctification, we are being saved from the power of sin over our lives currently. And then I think of that sweet, that glorification someday we will be saved from even the very presence of sin and there will be that i know i know that is to me what is truly that's heaven i mean that is the to me what completely defines i can't even imagine oh how wonderful i've been the great i've been an increasing amount of time now trying to imagine that What is it going to be like? And it's not so much what it must be like. No, yes, yes, I the same. But it's not so much like what it must be like to be saved from the presence of sin externally. It's not that. It's the internally. What must Mm. it be like to live without that just constant nagging call? Yes, yes. And that, that fight, that tension that's in our in us, in our very that is yeah, going members. to be. I, Paul wow. says, in our members. Yes, know. right. Yeah, it, it's but, wonderful what God has promised us. Right, it's going to be glorious. Yes, glorification, and that He will defend us. And so I guess back to those bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. He is for us. I mean, not just individually, but collectively, the church. I think of the universe of the yeah. the church, the people of God, the universal, you know, yeah. apostolic church. That He will protect and defend His people, and that is a sweet, good thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, finally, we got to Jonah. We got to Jonah. And that's the one that he's probably, Jonah, is one of the one, the most well-known of the prophets. But, but what is, what? It, I don't know if Jonah, I would be curious to ask Jonah if he wants to be well-known in the way that he is known. I, I, we can ask him someday yeah. in glory. Right. right. Well, Jonah is unique. For a couple of reasons. One is because what is emphasized is his life and his life experience, not his message. Yes, exactly. Uh, in fact, he had a se- what is seven word. His message <laughs> seven words in forty days. Nineveh will be destroyed. That was his sermon, and yet. <laughs> 
And yet it was the most <laughs> so short and sweet and yet probably the most what's the um successful sermon ever preached he would <laughs> every it, single person he preached, he preached it with great glee and enthusiasm <laughs> yes. but it produced an yeah. effect that that was the reason he didn't want to go to Nineveh because he, he was afraid of what happened if he preached that message mm-hmm. God's Warning a judgment. Right. He would afraid that they would repent and, and God would forgive, forgive them. them. <laughs> and they did, and he and, did. And he was mad about it. And he was mad. But uh, yes, can you? So um, in 40 days, you will be destroyed, right? And every. Every person from the king down yeah. to even the animals of the people <laughs> yeah. were in sackcloth and ashes, uh, representing just their humility and their dependence and their repentance. Uh, a national and revival. A national Probably revival. one of the, of the largest, yeah. Yeah. really, yes. and most... Yeah. Evident, a whole nation, yes. from the king down yes. to the least, repented. And of these their were sin. not. This was Nineveh. This is the Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. This is not Israel. This is not. They're not Jew. This isn't a Jewish nation. They're not. This is. This is. These are enemies. And Jonah did not want this to happen because he knew that they were. Uh, they were uh, a danger. They were a threat mm-hmm. to uh, Israel and Judah, mm-hmm. and and they were ultimate. And, yes, and, and actually, yes, in the end, they were. Uh, they destroyed Israel. Um, Ultim- mm-hmm. Ultimately, mm-hmm. yes. But we had this time of repentance. Mm-hmm. They listened. Uh, it, I don't. It's it, it's strange. It is strange. Well, I think one thing that's interesting about it. So Jonah, I think yes, it's probably most, one of the most well known stories. But real quickly, I guess he was um, called to go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, and to tell them to repent. He didn't want to, and so he got on a boat. To go the opposite direction, there's a big giant storm, and the, the uh, evidently he was added. He was headed to Spain. Ah, oh, interesting. Uh, what was the destination? Barcelona. Uh, his boat was headed for uh, Tarshish. Tarshish, Tarshish, mm-hmm. which I think was in Spain. Okay. And there's storms, and uh, he realizes, and well, that's because he's aboard. He confesses to the uh, captain and to the crew that it's his fault for the storm to throw him over. They say, no, we're not going to do that. We can't, we don't want to. And so they try throwing cargo over first and it doesn't work. And then they say, well, okay, Okay. (laughs) we'll we'll go ahead and throw you over then. And so Jonah's thrown overboard and, 
a big fish well, swallows first, him. Remember that the revival on, on board the, the ship. On the board the ship. <laughs> well, which is a sweet. You could I could see that coming. I mean, yeah. that, what that is a very nice. That's they are tender towards human life, and yeah. that's a, that's always a good start. Uh, they don't want to throw him overboard, so uh, but they do, and. Then he's swallowed by a big fish. Three days and three nights in the belly of this great fish. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not oil necessarily. It's a great fish, and we don't. There's kind of a mystery. We don't know what that would have. Yes, I think you could probably Google or look up all sorts of it, the possibilities and things, and there's all sorts. But this is uh, if there is a part of that that is miraculous that's okay that is the point i believe <laughs> it can't get much deeper darker more irrevocable irretrievable i mean it might as well be a coffin it really might as well be but it he is he repents he repents and he prays to the lord yes. from inside the fish mm-hmm. And the fish spits him up on land. Yes. Now, maybe that's the reason his sermon was so effective. <laughs> yes. Because he, he must have smelled terrible. He must have looked, his skin must have been bleached and his clothing by the digestive juices of this. Fish. I don't know for yeah. sure, but or maybe people also saw it. Maybe witnesses yeah. even oh. might have and seen it. Anyway, this whatever it was when he gave his sermon mm-hmm. in forty days, Nineveh will be destroyed. Mm-hmm. It did. It worked. All right. So he's right, and he spit up on land. The, the fish is his taxi also right back to where he's supposed to be and uh yes and it works and there's repentance and then jonah is depressed he goes and he sits under a fig tree and he's mad at god and then a worm comes and it kills the tree right and that he's under so he doesn't have any shade anymore and uh and it's a really funny Ending. It yes. kind of just ends there with, without is, an ending. The prophet is the one that this is story of of a prophet mm-hmm. of his experience, and it's not bright and shining, wonderful, good story. No. In fact, it's one of failure in some ways. The ministry prospered, but. Uh, his attitude was not, yeah, you, you wonder what it would have been like if he had been obedient right from the start. You know? But it is uh, an interesting uh, thing in terms of storytelling. It makes me think of the woman at the well, too, in a way. Uh, as far as she didn't go and preach and get it, she just told her story. So in some ways, this is him and his story is told. And what does that mean in our life? The Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture. 
Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas, 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 